Fruit Reflections, Deepening Our Christian Spirituality for Today. On Wednesday the 17th of March 2011, the Moot Community began their Lent course exploring the theme of Giving Up for Lent. In the first of six sessions, Vanessa Elson explores the theme of personal transformation. Okay, yeah. So, what I thought at this point, I thought I would perhaps share some of my, out of my sort of reflecting and preparing for the course. I guess any position has certain starting points. So I thought what I'd do is I'd share some of what I would say are my, I guess, some basics or um, maybe some foundations if we're going to engage in something that we understand as transformation. So, and, and a lot of these are very basic, okay? In fact, you, you're much more profound than me. <laughs> so, um, okay, so the first thing I came up with was um, time. And I think some of you have also um, reflected on that. But basically, I, I think that there can be significant tipping points or moments when we actually think... Um, something actually does seem to change in a moment or in a, you know, we all, I think, often when we think of transformation, we think of something quite dramatic. But even though there may be tipping points, I think there's often a lot that's gone before that and then there's a lot that's worked out after that. So I think that a basic for transformation is that we're looking at a long-term investment. Um, We're not looking at short-term gains. Um, and in that sense, this is countercultural um, because we often want the sort of, you know, the quick fix, whereas this is something that will require time and therefore patience. And I think some of you said that. So time and patience. Um, the other thing I thought, it's all really fun, <laughs> is work. <laughs> um, because actually, I think that um, transformation requires real work. And, um, and it's something that actually, if we're honest, most of us actually shy away from. There is a kind of inbuilt resistance, unfortunately, to this kind of deep change. And uh, in one of the passages I've given you to read, Scott Peck calls it laziness. And I'm not quite sure what I feel about the word laziness. But I certainly think there is a kind of inertia apathy, that there's something that makes it incredibly hard for us to embrace this sort of process. And actually, we, in our sort of un- more unconscious states, perhaps we just avoid it, because we realize this is going to be perhaps some of the hardest work we might um, engage in. Um, and the other thing that actually people have really picked up is this thing about starting where we are, and, um, and that sounds really obvious, doesn't it? You can only start from where you are. But actually, that sometimes is quite a significant step, I think, to actually recognise where you are. Um, because actually, I, well, we all have a certain amount of self-delusion. <laughs> you know, we are not, we're, we're probably not what we think we are. And we're probably not how we present ourselves. Um, And in some ways, 
it's difficult for us on our own, actually, to get a true perspective on who we are. I don't know about you, but I have two perspectives on myself. One is that I'm, I'm hopeless and, you know, a lost cause. And the other is I'm God's gift. And I'm, and I'm better than everyone else. And the weird thing is I've got both, if I'm honest. And probably neither of them is actually a very true perspective. And it's quite hard, I think, to come to a place where you can actually be honest about where you are. And, of course, in... In the 12-step program, this is the first step. So for addicts, the first step is to be able to say, actually, my life is out of control. This is actually the reality that I'm in. But that isn't actually an easy step to make. And I think it's something that we constantly come back to. And I would kind of argue that spiritual awakening is sort of this. It's constantly coming back to a, a better understanding or a deeper understanding of where we really are. Um, Probably the danger of religion and spirituality is it can provide another sort of mask that prevents us from starting. So, um, and, you know, and, and we get all this energy that we take up in trying to be something that we're not. So actually, the first step is to let ourselves be where we are and who we are. And that is a life, an ongoing life process. Um, four is there is no formula... Um, there is only relationship. Sorry, my writing is terrible. But anyway, I need a scribe. Um, okay, so this is this is, I guess, a bit more of a perhaps. No, maybe it's, is it controversial? I don't know. But this is, I guess, what how I understand that. I actually think that um, there are some tools to help us. Hopefully, this course may be some help. Um, there are understandings. There's teaching. There are some principles. There may be some spiritual disciplines that can help us, but there is no mechanistic solution or answer to the human condition. So, you know, technology, science, education, medicine, management systems, psychological systems, they all have a role. They can all address different bits, but actually none of them can address the full sort of complexity and mystery of being a human being. Because we are, as human beings, we're fundamentally relational. You know, um, Descartes, who was a sort of philosopher in the, at the beginning of the Enlightenment in the, I think it is 17th century? 18th? He said, I think, therefore I am. And sort of this whole project of the Enlightenment and modernity sort of started, everyone got very excited about the fact that they could think, analyse, step back, measure. But I think probably... The understanding that we're coming to now is more is I relate and I'm related to, therefore I am. So I think relationality is core to who we are because in a sense all of us have, fought, have been formed out of a complex network of relationships. You know, we physically came into being because two people related, physically connected, but then, so each of us has this sort of unique genetic makeup, but then how we become and realize that potential is hugely shaped out of all the relationships and situations that form us. So everyone in this room is a unique sort of result of an incredibly complex and amazing network of relationships. And so therefore, um, it's actually it's interesting because also, you know, the sort of metaphor that Darwin gave us in terms of evolution because often we've, 
you know, we've taken that as a competitive sort of metaphor. But actually, what I think is interesting is now people are questioning that and they're saying actually they think that evolution is more strongly based on cooperation, interaction, and mutual dependence among organisms. And so it, it's, it's interesting to actually think that that is a more fundamental metaphor, perhaps, than that of competition or predation. Um, so life, to be alive, you have to be in relationship. Basic organism, matter in, matter out. Um, we're not isolated. We, we don't, you know, we're not, none of us is a little sealed off compartment. We're a complex um, sort of um, organism that takes in and gives out and is part. So we, we, we're, we all take in and we all then give out in different ways. So, therefore, I think transformation, spiritual growth, deep change is a relational process. It requires relationship. Um, basic basis of psychotherapy is you have, you have a relationship with your therapist. And that, it's in that relationship that transformation becomes possible. Um, to grow spiritually in any kind of significant way, we need others. And I guess that's, so the myth of the rugged individual is that, that I'm going to argue it's a bit of a myth. And I guess the part of the vision of Moot is that, well, it's actually, it's core to our vision, is that we want to be a community that can help each other and support each other in a process. Um, I think the other thing is that because of this unique, so this, because of this relation, the fact that we are relational, for each of us, the journey is going to be different. Again, there's no formula. It's far too complex. We each have to engage, relate to ourselves, to others, and perhaps to God. And no one can do it for you. So I'm going to say that the answer is a process. <laughs> um, which is unique to every person. And I think that actually it's, in some senses, because of this relation element, there's mystery at the heart of it. Perhaps some of the danger of some of the self-help culture is that it can become a little bit like, you know, this is the key thing, and if you do this, you'll get there. But actually, you know, there are, there are no easy answers to the mystery of ourselves. But there is an invitation to open ourselves to an ongoing transformative relationship. And that's where some of you identify this thing about openness. And the fifth thing is, I, I guess I'm going to make a sort of faith statement, because I'm going to say that I, God, however we define God, is a relational being. Now, I'm going to make this sort of statement because I think that it gives us a sort of unique foundation for change and transformation. So, because if you... 
here we are, and we're all, we've all been formed by these amazingly complex networks. This is the human condition, all of us. Okay. Okay, this is my image of God. Okay. Within this system, certain things can happen, but there are some limitations if you stay within it. But if there's something outside of that, then it gives each of these little points, which is us, a potential to grow and change that's much bigger than just this. It, it is a bit mind-blowing, but the, the particular sort of revelation of the Christian in Hebrew scriptures is, is that this that thing that I'm calling, or this, this God, is actually a being that seeks to relate to each of us. So that offers a potential for this sort of ongoing relationship that takes us into another dimension. gets even worse because the Christian sort of revelation is God is a relationship of three in one. Because if God is love, then God has to be in relationship. Because love in its essence means that you have to go beyond yourself. And this is very hard to grasp with our minds. In fact, it's almost impossible for us to grasp it just with our rational minds. And sometimes it's easier to think, um, when, we, when, we, when we talk about the spiritual dimension, language is quite difficult, so I'm struggling now with my language. But I guess what I want to offer is, is a potential perspective that transformation is possible because God is a relational I am, a big I am that seeks to relate to our small I am. And that is possible for each and every one of us. But it's not a formula. And the other important thing I want to say is that love always respects perhaps the um, something when we think about change it's often quite scary but actually if we think about our underst even just our human understanding of love it's that love is a way of relating that never overrides never forces and never manipulates so love invites and awaits a response so we are free. In fact, I think part of the problem is because the spiritual dimension is in some ways not easily accessible and it often feels quite hidden, we can sometimes feel like we're in some game of hide and seek and we kind of sort of want, to, we want it to be more obvious. But somehow, whatever this is, this love, it certainly doesn't impose and it certainly doesn't override. It seems to invite 
and wait. And in that sense, we then have a part to play in how we choose to respond. In a sense, it is up to us. There's no forcing. There's no manipulation. So I guess, um, and I also think that, I think, again, you've come up with this, but we need both love and truth together. Because truth on its own is too hard for us. We can't bear it. So we need, we actually need both. And in a sense, you know, I sort of thought, well, love is a bit like the soil in which truth can be planted. But actually, as human beings, we have to hold both of those things in tension. Again, it's quite hard for us to do. But without it, our, if you go too far into truth, you can't really go too far into love, can you? But anyway, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't work there. But somehow we have to hold them both. We have to hold them both. Okay, I think that's enough. Thank you for listening to this Moot Reflection. For more information on our events, resources and community, please go to www.moot.uk.net.